Welcome to the Diamond Mind Podcast with Nate and Laney, where we listen to all 92 Diamond albums certified by Billboard. Today's album is... Yourself or Someone Like You. By Matchbox 20. So, uh, I would like to say something before we get into the album. Last last podcast, uh, the Titanic one, we choked. Um, we didn't say where we would put the Titanic on the grand scheme of the 1 through 92. So I kind of want to say that and get that out of the way before we get into uh, the next album. So um, how did you feel about the Titanic? I mean, I liked it pretty well. Definitely better than Creed and Nickelback, I Uh think. Um, Not better than Garth Brooks or Kenny, though. I can agree there. Um, I... On on the scale of one through ninety two, honestly, I enjoyed it a lot less than you did. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, it's going to be in like the eighties, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have put it in like the sixties or seventies, but we still have quite a bit so of music to, to listen to. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, just to get that out of the way. Okay, mm-hmm. now on to Matchbox Twenty. Right. Okay. So this one. Uh, Came out in 1996. It went 12 times platinum. There are 12 songs on the album, and it spans um, 47 minutes. This was their premiere studio album, I believe, mm-hmm. um, which is like pretty impressive for that to go uh, platinum. First, first real studio album, and it goes platinum and 12 yeah. times. So, uh, anyways, on to the songs. Yeah, we can go ahead. Okay, the first song on the album is Real World. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this one, I said it was loud, catchy, yeah. had a good riff, and the voice I thought was similar, like, just starting out, you know, it was very similar to the Creed vocalist. Yes. And it kind of reminded me of another, like, not, it was a 90s band, but they still kind of make music, the Bare mm-hmm. Naked Ladies, which is my mom's <laughs> favorite band. I'll, I'll play you some of their songs. Uh-huh. It's Yeah, they're interesting. Um... I noticed during the song, and I honestly couldn't sing it to you right now, but uh, there was like a a really catchy riff during the song uh, that immediately immediately snuck out. Oh my goodness, <laughs> we I like did vocal warm ups before this, bro. <laughs> they weren't like legitimate vocal warm ups, but right. Yeah, um, yeah. But there was a good riff during the song, and uh, that really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, just very catchy. Uh, this reminds me of my brother. My brother was born in, like, 92, so this is what he would listen to when he was in his room and wouldn't let me in and would, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, there was some weird vocal moments. You can really tell that, um, he doesn't, like, use a lot of auto-tune or mm-hmm. anything like that, any, like, studio alterations to his voice. I respect it more for that, though. Mm-hmm. It's just a raw, like pure vocal talent yeah. at that point. Um very very distinctive voice. I noted mm-hmm. uh during this song like the two other bands that had very distinctive voices, Nickelback and Creed did not do well in my opinion. Uh so not I was really. so okay. I was like I hope um Matchbox 20 Nickelback's is better. Was mainly because of their content. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh Creed was just that sound was the same overall. Yeah. This one I feel like has great content and can change it up mm-hmm. several different times within the album, 
So it was better than those two, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, oh, but anyway, this song, Real World, it's about... Um, I got this off of Genius. Mm-hmm. So this is just me reading straight from that. It says uh, that this song holistically has an escapist theme with the persona fantasizing about various situations and wanting to keep the real world, in quotations, away. However, the bridge indicates that the persona isn't totally removed from reality, basically saying that being yourself is the best mm-hmm. action. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like this album, uh, I didn't expect a lot of deepness from the songs on this album. I feel like some of these songs kind of like they, yeah, get they pretty get, deep. They get pretty deep. Um, um, they do. They're, they're more personal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Long Day. Uh, started off nice and calm in compare in comparison to the first song, but it uh, ended up having like that classic '90s alternative spunk yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely did. It just feels authentic. I like that '90s spunk, and uh, especially since he doesn't use any voice alterations or not. I'm not gonna say it, not any because I'm sure he. But it's not like crazy. Yes, like, he doesn't just like crank right. the auto tune dial up to ten. He like. Uh, uses very little uh, voice alteration, uh, and just felt really authentic. And uh, I, I really like that about a band is when they can feel authentic and like feel like they're actually skilled musicians and can sing well. And I, I just like that. Right, like and like you said, this one did have that softer kind of tone because it mm-hmm. started off with just a nice classic acoustic guitar. But then it also kind of bounced around between instruments. So, like, it had the acoustic, the electric, you know, your bass and drums came in, like, all of it. Yeah. And I really enjoyed how they had them separately, but also mixed them together with the mm-hmm. song. I like, yeah, I really did like this one. It was a good one. Uh, and Genius Lyrics did say that this one uh, was their very first single coming off of this album, which is their first album, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And although it wouldn't be until later singles that the band would attain pop success, this song got the band established in the mainstream rock genre. Mm-hmm. And the song is about a person venting their frustrations about their life, and he confines, confides in a loved one who understands the frustration of that person and can still be there for them and love them all the same. So, yeah. How about that? Mm-hmm. How about that, Matchbox 20? I feel like I've said that like five times this podcast already. How about that? How about that? How about that? How about that? Yeah. Um, and then at this point, I wrote that I would definitely listen to them more than the one song I know, which was 3 a.m. Uh-huh. I'd heard I'd heard 3 a.m. and I'd heard uh, Push. Push. Yeah, yeah. I had heard that one, too. Um, but th- 3 a.m., speaking of which. Is the next uh, song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, gosh, that song was good. I've I've oh, found yeah. I've found myself listening to that song. That song is was uh very good. Um easily one of the best ones off the album, obviously. Yes. Uh once I once I heard the song though, as soon as it started, um I didn't recognize it at first. Mm-hmm. But I, I recognized it once the chorus hit and I was like, Oh yeah, I have heard this song. That's how I was with Push. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um And when I heard it, I was like, Oh no, this could be another creed because he's got that like <laughs> He's got that he has raspiness that, yeah. to his voice. Yeah. Like, it, their their voice is I'm so tell, similar. Like, he, like, that voice reminded me of the lead singer of Creed's voice. I mm-hmm. can't remember his name right now, but it reminded me of him, like, 
dead on. Um, but, uh, oh, shoot, I lost, oh, okay, um, I feel like that voice, uh, matches a lot better with the Matchbox 20, uh, like, what they're going for, um, Mm -hmm. with their music, because Creed, their stuff is a lot heavier, um, and just, I guess, louder than what a lot of, what Matchbox 20 does, and uh, yeah. Matchbox Twenty, especially at three AM, uh, it's got like some folky vibes almost. Like they're playing their acoustic guitar, and um, they're like more poppy rather than mm-hmm. like really heavy rock. Uh, I just feel like their voice matches a lot better with the genre that they're going for. Yeah, and I feel like with you saying that about how they are, like they do kind of have the alt rock aspect, but also they're more poppy and kind of yeah. folky. I feel like they could be. A very diverse band. I don't know anything about them other than what we did for this album, mm-hmm. but I feel like they could branch out more uh, and also, make it work. <laughs> uh, taking a little break from the songs, this is a very iconic album cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd I'd seen this album cover cover before. I'd never heard this. I'd never heard this album before. But that album cover, the guy wearing the the helmet. Or whatever. Yeah, the hat, um, and then he has the glasses. Yeah, that's just a very iconic uh, album cover. And fun fact, that guy ends up suing <laughs> Matchbox mm-hmm. 20 for having his face on the album cover, and he said he didn't consent or whatever, but... Uh, I can't remember his name. I can't remember uh, his name either. Now, now he's, he's, he's dead. Yeah, he's he died anymore. pretty recently, I think. I think 2015 mm-hmm. is what it was. Hold on, I'm looking it up right now. While Lady's looking know. this up, I can tell you all a joke. Um, what do you call a crab whose paintings hang in the Louvre? I'll give you a second. Okay. Leonardo da Pinci. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my gosh, look at the audio waves for me laughing. <laughs> Apologies. Okay, this guy's name is Frank Torres. Frank really? Torres. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> that she joke. Said, Baby. That joke. You can't tell me that joke wasn't good. <laughs> okay. That okay. joke made my English teacher laugh. So, what's up with that? Anyway, anyway, <laughs> uh, three a.m. Like I said, one of them is popular. It is extremely catchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the simplicity of it, too. Like, it has a, you know, a kind of simple beat throughout the entire song and the strumming pattern, you know. And uh, it is about... Oh, okay. So, 3AM is written from the perspective of a 12 or 13-year-old Rob Thomas, who is the lead singer of this band, Mm -hmm. and uh, whose mom had cancer at the time. She doesn't anymore. And it's about her reaction to the cancer and how he processed and dealt with it, like, the entire situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it's about. Well, which is interesting. I'm glad she doesn't have cancer anymore. That's mm-hmm. that's happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, Not like wake me up when September ends. Yeah, wake that song's sad. It is. It really is. I'm surprised that album didn't go diamond. Anyways, I, yeah, same here. Honestly, but whatever. They even had a Broadway play. Like, mm-hmm. what? Okay, anyway. that album was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, push the other song that push. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> it took you a second. It took you a real 
real second. <laughs> oh my goodness. The audio waves every time I, I laugh are just like uh, spike, 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 spike. If it's too loud, we can, we can bring it down. It's um, <laughs> push is the other one that uh, I'd heard before. Um, and at this point, uh, I remember uh, I wrote down, uh, it's like a way better Creed. It is just like he, he is so much better than I Creed. I wrote that exact same thing. I said, Creed is the bargain brand of Matchbox 20. <laughs> Dude, they are the Walmart brand, they but are they the great really value, are, they are the food club, the great value. <laughs> They're the bargain bin. They're the, the clearance aisle. Creed is like that CD where you dig through the $5 box and uh-huh. you just like stick your hand in the bottom and pull it out. And like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's Creed. Oh my gosh, Happy Gilmore. Adam Sandler. <laughs> Gilmore. You did not have to drag him in like that. <laughs> Adam Sandler is a king. He's a, he's a genius. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe we should start a movie podcast. Not not really. After uh, we get through all 92 of uh-huh. these. Um, Maybe. Top, Let us know down below. <laughs> top top ten uh, best selling like box office hits, or like top twenty five or something. We watched the movie. Oh. You'd have to watch Titanic again. Uh, okay, I'm just gonna tell you right now. That's not gonna happen. It, it might. It's not gonna happen. Okay. Work that up, do okay. Anyway, push. Um, <laughs> there's a specific song, and a lot of people are not gonna know this song, but it's Corey Smith drinking again, and it sounds, they sound so similar, and it's that folky, the vibe with his voice, that sounds, they sound so similar. I played it for Lainey, um, and they sound like eerily similar, so. Yeah, it uh, is, yeah, they're very close together. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Um, (laughs) So for Push, I noted that it had a slower tempo, like uh, Long Day kind of did. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of... A, but um, Long Day did kind of pick up. So this one did stay slow, and it just kind of took a break from the first three. Um, again, it's one of their most popular songs. And it does also kind of pick up and go a little bit harder. Or he tries to with his vocal abilities, but the tempo stays the same. Indeed. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, But this song is about an emotionally abusive relationship that Rob was in with a woman who had been cheated on and betrayed by previous exes. Their relationship is at a breaking point, and at some point, Rob has suggested or asked for them to break up because of the emotional distress and pain they are both experiencing. Her difficult past has shattered her mental and emotional state, and she struggles with self-esteem, trust, and loving herself and someone else as a result of her previous relationships, which were likely emotional abusive with her as a victim. Emotionally abusive with her as a victim. Yeah, sorry. Uh, She is upset that someone she has likely opened up to her... What? Okay, sorry, I copy and pasted this from the internet, and it's just not. Okay, she is upset that someone she has likely opened up to about her insecurities, fears, and emotions would dare turn away and run from her. Talking about Rob. And, um, however, she has taken on the role of the abuser in her new relationship with Rob, and he's now the one suffering from the emotional abuse. And when people first heard the song, they thought that it was about a man... Wanting to, like, push a... 
his his spouse around. Like abusing the woman, but it's yeah. the other way around, and it's emotional, not physical. Uh-huh. Uh, Wait, can we take a time out? Um, so when you were talking about reviewing, reviewing movies after this, I don't know if any of you all have seen it. It's a funny, hilarious, great video. It's from Mad TV. Um, it's about this guy in the theater, and he's trying to hit on a woman. <laughs> and when he said that, I was going to say, okay, Jean Shallot. <laughs> oh, you Grace like that movie, Kelly. Huh? Miss Jean Shallot. Anyway, and you even like kind of have the hair for Jean Shallot too, which is I, I like when carbonated drinks burn the back of my throat. You tweeted that the other day, and I was <laughs> like, "What?" Follow my Twitter, Natus Great Seventy Four. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, so now I have your email and your Twitter. Okay, they can have my Twitter. Follow my Twitter. Retweet, like, uh, mm-hmm. share. The people from like Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, go that. for it, Oklahoma. Where you at, bro? Where you at, Oklahoma? Work that up, do Oklahoma? Work that up, do. Oh, you don't. Oh, you don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> okay, we need the uh, girl like that. <laughs> um, I wrote that uh, Matchbox Twenty. Their sound is very of their time. Um, yeah. And I, I really uh, saw that with this because they. Gave me Blues Traveler vibes. I don't know if you've ever listened to them. They they did Hook. They did Run Around. Um, I've heard of them, and I've never, like, actually gone yeah. into their stuff uh, before. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure if I played, like, Run Around for you, I think that's the more popular of their two biggest songs. Mm-hmm. Um, you would have, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I've heard yeah, of this song. Um, but they have a very similar vibe. Um, Blues Traveler thing is they're, like, a... Uh, a folk rock. And I know I keep going back to the folk thing. Um, which is kind of weird that... Going off on a tangent. Um, Matchbox 20 on their like Wikipedia isn't labeled as folk rock. They're like post-grunge and pop rock and alt rock. And- well, I mean, I understand that because... It's like mid nineties. Yeah, they're coming. That's what all of the bands are doing at the time. So it makes sense. But I feel like most of these bands, whether they realize it or not, are coming from generations before them, which does include folk, mm-hmm. like the Beatles. Before they were the Beatles, they had some album or like they had songs that they would come out with, and it sounded like Elvis Presley. Like it sounded very folkish and stuff like that. And it's really weird to listen to them. Then. That is weird. And then going into like the White Album and stuff like that. They'd wear they their do. greaser hair and their leather yeah. jackets. And oh man, that is really. I can't wait till we get to the Beatles. Yeah, that's that's be gonna good. be a long podcast. The Beatles albums because I have a lot to say about the Beatles albums. It is. It's gonna be like an hour long, like Tiny Meat Gang or something. Like an hour <laughs> and a half. <laughs> um. But uh yeah, they sound they sound um like Blues Traveler. Blues Traveler has that uh folk rock vibe that they have. Um and uh I was even talking about I I was writing about their genres um that they're labeled as and when I saw post grunge, when I um to give y'all a little backstory, uh whenever we listen to an album, at least I personally, I don't look up uh, about the band or go and listen to some songs before we listen to the album. If I've not I heard them, I, I just listen. No, I do but it after the fact. I looked up Matchbox 20 just to see what genre mm-hmm. it was, wow. and it said post-grunge, and that's what Creed was. And um, Creed makes more sense, though. Yes. Which like is so uh, weird. The, I just don't feel like Matchbox 20 fits under the umbrella of post-grunge. On Apple Music, it says this album is pop. <laughs> Yeah, 
I I would agree with that pop pop rock, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's what uh, I thought about girl like that. Uh, I just said that for this one, I like how they harmonize and kind of layer the voices in the chorus. I said that it was another catchy one, and I personally think that this is one of my favorites from this album. Because I just really like the sound of it. Um, the song meaning... Uh, I just like the sound of it. <laughs> I just really like the sound of that song, you know what I mean? Just the sound <laughs> of the Dean music. Miss Dean Shallot. Miss Dean Shallot. Grace Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have your number. Can I have your number? Oh, I can't. Oh, I can't. Okay. Okay. Um, this one, um, oh, when this came out, at least one feminist group tried to ban this song, believing that it encouraged violence toward women. So it's another, like, yeah, Two two violence towards women songs. But it's, like, not even that. Uh Uh-huh. And, um... Obviously, they, like, failed at doing so because the band explained that it was about emotional rather than physical confrontation and dealt with female and male mental harm, Uh not, like, female on male mental harm, not the other way around. And Rob Thomas said that this is evident to anyone who listens to the lyrics and not just the chorus. And Thomas wrote uh, this about a high school girlfriend who vengefully broke up with him by giving his clothes to charity. Thomas uh, didn't have any money to buy new clothes, so local bands would just, like, give him t-shirts and other stuff, and so that's what he wore for, like, months. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, clothes that bands donated to him, which is actually kind of cool if you yeah, think about it. Like, he was just cool. wearing, like, local band t-shirt. Like, yeah, I think that's cool, but... He was a walking billboard. He really was. But that's so cool. Like, I don't oh, know that's so dope. Cool. I bet if you did go to, like, local bands and you were like, hey... Y'all got t-shirts. Mm-hmm. I will wear. I will wear y'all's ish all the time. I bet you. I bet you could get a t-shirt, dude. I think it depends, cause some bands would be like, "No, you're gonna pay thirty dollars for this." Like, what uh-huh. are you talking about? And other people would be like, "Oh, absolutely! Yeah, you take can. take take this, bro. Right. Thank you for the support." Mm-hmm. Um, but Don't yeah, worry. back back to good. Is that is that next? I don't know because my notes just completely. <laughs> oh. Oh okay. yeah, back to good. Okay, I thought I was about to have to think of another joke. Um, mm-hmm. Back to good. So. Uh, another joke. I mean, go ahead. If you, <laughs> if you uh, slower song. Uh, mm-hmm. Longest on the album, and I was like, oh my gosh, the longest yeah. song on the album. But it was five minutes let, and yeah. forty seconds. Let, let me tell you. Um, after those five minutes and forty seconds were done, I was like, that was the longest song on the album. Mm-hmm. Just because I genuinely enjoyed uh-huh. this album so much. A little, little spoiler for the end of the podcast. I think this album is horribly low on Billboard's list. Uh, I think this album is way better than it, it was what rated. What did we say, like mid-30s? Somewhere in there? Is that what we agreed on? Probably something like that. I can't um, Somewhere in that. Oh my goodness. That I just hurt my foot. Um... <laughs> sitting in the floor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, I just think this album is horribly underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, this song uh, just did not seem like five minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, the lead singer says about the song that this song is the one off of the album that holds up the best. Uh, it's about 
I'm sorry, I'm kind of stealing your thunder because you're usually the one that's no, like, yeah, go this, ahead. Is, this is what the song is about. Go ahead. But, uh, like it's about screwing up so often that uh, uh, you just you just get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where I realized, like, man, Matchbox 20, this band can get pretty deep. Um, they're just talking about shame and, like, right. the feeling of shame that you always get and, like, just being used to the shame and screwing up all the time. And and, just, like, real situations that people have been in. Yes, I just felt like this this band is so much better than they're rated. I mean, other than like Kenny G's vibey attitude that he brought us, yeah, this one's like definitely the most relatable. Obviously. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Um, kind of piggybacking off of what you said a second ago, with this being like way low on the list, I noted that there are, is so much more variety throughout this album compared to the other ones that we listened to. Mm-hmm. Garth Brooks did have some variety. Yes. But it wasn't solid through and through like this one is, I don't think. Uh, mm-hmm. I said that they constantly produced bops. And that the, they're like kind of songs about relationships or they're like love songs or whatever. Weren't just like the sappy, slow stuff that you typically get. Like they were, it was pretty powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that. Uh, for this song specifically, I said that it was another like kind of slower paced. It had a very prominent snare beat. It was just another catchy one, which you get on this album. Yeah, this album is a very catchy album. Yeah. And I wrote that, I feel like people at this concert, like to this song specifically, would like wave lighters in the air. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's all I had for that one. Um, Viewers of the pot or listeners, I guess, apologies, but I think we need to move the mic a little bit closer to you. So, sorry for this noise. Because <laughs> uh, I feel like my audio waves are picking up a lot heavier than yours are. Uh, and I just, I don't know if that's like really apparent in the audio. I don't know because my headphones are really weird right now, so I can't really tell. But, uh, yeah. What's the next song? The next song is, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Mom, if you ever hear this because I'm about to have to swear. The next song is Damn. Damn! <laughs> uh, personally, I thought the the whole like damn hook, that the whole damn hook, but the like we're the, southern. <laughs> <laughs> the damn hook that they have, where they're like the little 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 damn. Why like, do I not remember listening to this? Like, I do because uh, this old world <laughs> well don't it make you want to think damn. This cold girl, well, don't she make you want to scream? Damn. Uh, okay, but yeah. I like how they ended off stuff with damn. I thought that was Well, like, I mean, cheesy. the title reflects a song, so you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> I, th- I thought that was kind of cheesy, but right. like, that's that's really like the first real huge complaint I've had with anything on this album. So if that's the biggest complaint you've had so far from me, I can look over. The hook, or not not even the hook, because it's not a chorus, but, like, the, the pattern you're using in your verses being cheesy. Mm-hmm. I can overlook that. Um, That's fair. Uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> a burp just, like, snuck up on me. It was like a ninja burp. You just, like, throw up. <laughs> <laughs> we don't pause. You just let it happen. <laughs> um, anyway. But they got that, that little pre-chorus build-up mm-hmm. that I really liked, uh, and then the chorus was really catchy, just as as everything is on this album. Uh, so if they didn't have that little like that little damn hook, yeah. then 
I would enjoy this this song quite a bit. Uh, I like the pre-chorus and the chorus. I mean, it kind of makes sense that they put those for the lyrics in the song title. Is the damn like it makes sense? Yeah. And Paul McCartney, I watched an interview with him. Uh, kind of, it was within the past couple years. But he talked about like someone asked him how he came up with the name for the song, and he was like, "Well, I just named the songs what you would expect it to be named, so mm-hmm. you know what you're getting. You know what song it is, like." You know, whatever. So, I mean, that makes sense to me, I guess. Uh, I like that this one started with a very simple drum beat. Like, a beginner could just pick it up and do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it had pretty basic guitar chords, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I just said that the lyrics, you know, lay over nicely and it matches the beat. The chorus is pretty nice or whatever it was, you know. Um, I said it was also just another catchy song. Of course. Of course, it's what they're... It's what, what you're they, getting from this man. That's what they produce. And I said that the end of it had a... You know, that fade out with the guitar? And that reminded me of, like, earlier Green Day songs from, like, American Idiot and kind of earlier, which is how they would end, like, mm-hmm. a lot of their songs, whatever. Um, But this... When I looked this up, there was no definite meaning of the song, but there are numerous... Quotes from Rob Thomas, uh, basically saying, like, what this song's about. Uh, one quote says, This song is about messing around, messing up, and getting pretty good at it. Um, and then another quote says that this song is very deep, it's very serious. <laughs> and then he jokes around and says it's about getting laid. <laughs> uh, the- very deep and serious. Mm-hmm. And then... The third quote says, A lot of people think the song has some big philosophical meaning, but it's really just about getting laid. And then the last quote that I found said, This is a song about working hard and getting laid. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think we know what the song is. Is this song about? about getting laid, Lainey? No, would you hear that? I, I don't know. Just yeah. a hunch. Just, <laughs> I just It's just off the top of the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, next song, Argue. I wrote something about a song that's going to come up that I can't remember what this means, but we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Uh, mm-hmm. What is the next one? Argue? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I've got like one thing to say about this song that isn't something that would just be repeated. Um, this sounds like a high school coming of age song that would be played at like the beginning of a high school movie. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like those... Uh, the only one I can think of right now is like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you know, like we're we're going like, and we're vibing and um, yeah. or like a what's another good high school coming of age? Uh, su- super bad. There's so many. Uh, super bad is a really good movie. That's like one of my favorites. What there's a movie with Haley Stone, the eight, the Edge of Seventeen. Mm-hmm. That one's interesting. Um, but yeah, sounds it sounds like one of those kind of songs. There's a lot. Um. Look at real quick. Will you look at the lyrics to the song? Argue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I like the song. It had uh, simple lyrics. It was broken apart, which is different from other songs. The chorus, I said, kicked major butt. Thank you, Matchbox <laughs> Twenty. Um, it ended with a guitar fade out again. Mm-hmm. So two songs in a row. And the meaning of this one, what I found was it just said it's self-explanatory. So will you kind of briefly read through some of the lyrics so we can like out loud. Yeah, so we can kind of like talk um, about this. She don't, but she will. <laughs> he says anything to keep her by him. 
She takes what she gets, and she never did flinch. So over and over, anyone with any mind would think that's all she gets. Um, that's the first little, what is that called, stanza? Right, the of, first verse or two, whatever. Yeah. Uh, if you want, you can get to know me well. We get along, so we shouldn't argue. And I don't know, said I don't know, all these feelings... Cloud up my reasoning. Cloud up my reasoning. Uh, I'm... Hmm. It's self-explanatory, but yet it's very... Like I said, it was very broken apart and kind of choppy. Uh-huh. Um... I don't know, you guys. I, I just... Tell a joke. I'm looking things up. Uh, uh, what kind of underwear does a cloud wear? Thunder wear. <laughs> <laughs> That one was sad. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. This one, like I said. This person says... If you guys know the meaning, feel free to email Nate since you already have his email. Yeah, I gave my email a podcast or two ago. So <laughs> Was, was that it, Titanic or was it Creed or what was I it? I think it was Garth Brooks. Oh, yeah, it might have been good. Um, I'm pretty I, sure it was Garth Brooks. I keep so forgetting I think was, that we did that one, and I don't know why, but... Um, whatever. It, yeah, I really have, anyway. have no clue what this song is about. I don't know. If you guys know, let us know. Yeah. Um, yeah, self-explanatory, my... Booty. Nuts. <laughs> uh, at this point in the album, I wrote down, they're going strong, but can they keep it up? Uh-huh. Because, so. uh... uh, uh Reoccurring pattern of the few albums we've listened to, uh, excluding Titanic, because Titanic sounded the same for most of the album, uh, and with Creed, but, um... Yeah, but that one we were done, like... The last few songs just kind of tank. Like, they're just like, oh my gosh, this... It's mediocre. Yes, like, they just put all of their their garbage bin tracks Mm -hmm. at the end of this. Um, if you're going to do that, spread them out. Yes, spread them out <laughs> evenly. Thank you. Exactly. Um, and there's only, I think, four songs left at this point, so it really could have crashed and burned. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, it didn't do that, but... Bless up, bless up. to the maybe, Matchbox 20 gods. Matchbox 20... Uh, the next song is Cody with a K. Yes, I was literally about to say that with a K. <laughs> but this, but it's actually about a Cody with a C, which is interesting. But whatever, um, I think it is. Starts with some nice calm, calm chords. The drummer's grooving is what I said. Something I noticed about this band is uh, it's not just the vocalist that's good. Like I feel like all of their all of the musicians in this band are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drummer's grooving in this song. There's a song a little later on that I comment on a different musician that's doing really well. Right. Um, yeah. But the song is sad. Like, this song is deep. This song's sad. Yeah, uh, when we first listened to it, I, obviously it was a slower pace song. Yeah. Which helped with its, yeah, sadness. Sadness and <laughs> yeah. sorrow. Um, but you could obviously tell that this one was telling a story. And that this one sounded a lot more emotional than the other songs. And it, I said that it was very, like, smooth throughout. Thank you for that. Can y'all hear me hitting the dab? <laughs> well, I'll try to hit the dab so hard they hear me. Okay. All you hear is, like... <laughs> Rustling. <laughs> yeah. Um, the meaning of this song, the actual meaning, is that the lead singer, Rob Thomas, wrote this <laughs> after going to a funeral. 
of a two-and-a-half-year-old boy named Cody. Oh. And the little boy was actually his girlfriend's nephew, and he died after a botched operation. And he said that he didn't know the family that well, but he was moved by the funeral. That's so sad. It is really sad. Oh. Look at these little... We're in a we're in a closet. I'm sure we've said that multiple times. Uh, Literally every episode. <laughs> um, but uh, behind Lainey I'm, are a bunch of suitcases. Yeah, like, uh, like traveling bags. And there's one, and it's zebra print, and the zippers have hearts on them. It says Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the brand. Um. Yeah, we got some scenery in here. We used to, fun fact, we used to sit in this closet and play board games. <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Like that this is like Louie where this, you pull the boogers out. <laughs> yeah. This isn't like a uh, a bedroom closet. This is like no. a hall closet yeah. where you just put like, winter coats uh, and things there's of like, that nature in there's there. There's Easter baskets. There's like horses on a stick. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a helium tank up there on the shelves. Oh yeah. Um... There's some wreaths in the corner, like fall, like decorative wreaths. Uh, this wrapping paper, that's fun. <laughs> I don't know, there's a bunch of sleeping bags and just random stuff in this. And a bunch of random stuff in this closet. Yeah. And the board games are still here, in case you're wondering, because I know you are, don't worry. Don't worry. Anyways, there's that little intermission. Anyway, the next song is uh, a Bust It. Uh... I, got, I actually got quite a bit to say about this one. Okay. Um, Busted uh, has more of a metal sound. I was like, oh, God. They're going, they're doing a Creed. They're turning it to Creed. The last three songs are going to be Creed. This is going to be bad. Um, not nearly as bad as Creed, but I still didn't like it. They would well. never. <laughs> um, uh, not as bad as Creed, though, but uh, I didn't like it nearly as much. This is the one that I had a problem with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Out of all of them on the album? I wrote, don't really know how I feel about this. The bassist be thumping, though. Uh, <laughs> so the bassist is killing this one. Uh, also, I thought that the bassist was the guy that was on the cover of this album. Uh, they look very similar oh, yeah, for some do. reason. They do. Yeah. Um, but this is where I was like, man, his voice is so much more fit for a uh, folky, poppy rock not the the heavy heavier metal sound, mm-hmm. uh, but the instruments in the background they're just killing it on this song, um, uh, and it made me think like, what if Creed did a more a more folky song, a more poppy rock song? Do you think uh, that you would enjoy Creed? I don't know because after a while his voice just like oh yeah I couldn't take that. Mm-hmm. Not to offend him or anything, like he's really listening, but um, I just couldn't take it. <laughs> I, I also wrote, and I don't really remember, this is what I was saying earlier about, like, I wrote something and I don't really remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, I do not like how he said letter. Um, and I'm assuming he was like, letter, or like something like that in his... I would play it here, but I don't think... That's a good move. I think I think copyright you can play a song for less than like thirty seconds. It would look, I heard it was ten seconds. Well if it's ten seconds or thirty seconds, I'm just gonna fast forward until he says letter. You okay. keep talking. You find it and then I'll just read what I've or I'll scooch back from the mic. Found from the song. So take the reins, Laney. Okay. Ah. Um 
kind of what Nate said. I said that this one sounds heavier than the rest of the songs on the album. Uh, I didn't put it quite in the category of metal, but I said it was hard rock. Um, but his voice, for some reason, just doesn't really fit with that sound because his voice just fits with like the poppy sound that they have been going with and that his voice is kind of higher pitched. Um, I said that I still like this song. I know you didn't, but you don't really like songs like this. Yeah. Oh, it picked you up. Don't you worry. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I still said it was kind of a banger. Um, and there was like a little, wait, was there a sound clip added to the song? Like at the end? Yes. It was something about religion. Yeah, that's the one that we questioned. Okay, yeah. So it says something about religion, like about God or Jesus or something. I can't remember. Um, but I thought that was a nice little feature, detail, whatever. Oh, um, I think I found it. Okay. Hold on. You Hold keep on. talking. I'll okay, I'll, I'll give the meaning. So a lot of people think that this is um, prophetic to nine eleven, which is really weird. So if you go through the lyrics and actually read the lyrics, you might find some parallels. Um... But I found on Song Facts, because this one wasn't actually described on Genius Lyrics, someone said, I think it's about people who sleep together. He's got this thing going on with a girl where there's a purely physical attraction and things tend to happen when they're together, but that's it. And I, I don't know if that's true. I can't confirm that or not, but that's just what I found. So here's, here's how he says it. Later. <laughs> later. That that made me very I, I school later. Very uncomfy. Oh. <laughs> I did, I, okay, yeah, now that, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Uh, but his voice just doesn't match the music. No, I don't think so either. For, so whatever. Um, but we can move on to the next one. <laughs> Shame. Shame. Uh, some he- another song with some heavy themes and I, I kinda reflected on the album as a whole as as the album is uh <laughs> just read something I wrote in my notes. <laughs> oh gosh. Um uh okay. the, since we're nearing the end of the album I started reflecting on it as a whole and man this 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 album has some heavy themes. There's some heartbreak, there's some shame, there's a little bit of alcoholism here and there, you know? Um but I felt like the song didn't have a big enough like I specifically remember this. The song never hit. Like, I feel like this song needed a big hit. Um, like like a lot of rock songs that start off soft do. Um, but the song never had a, a big hit to it. I don't know if you know what I mean by saying, like, hit. I, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, it's like they never, like, came into it how they should have. And they just, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like the chorus should have had a big yeah. hit. Um, they should have punched it. The song's also very repetitive. Because I, I even remember you saying, whenever we were listening to it, you looked at me and you were like, hey, do you think this one's about shame? Uh, <laughs> yeah, because it just, yes. Uh, it, they just kept hitting that, and I mean, I guess. Because, I mean. Whoa. The song title is Shame. It's about shame, What buddy. do they talk about? They talk about some shame. Um, Very, very repetitive song, but, I mean, it's catchy at least. So I don't know why, but this podcast, out of all of them, we've just been off the rails. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyway, um, (laughs) my notes for this one is so stupid. I wrote electric picking underneath acoustic strumming. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah. That that, That makes sense, Lainey. I'm not wrong, but whatever. And then I said, 
It's catchy yet again. Which I don't remember the song, I won't lie. They just talk about shame. And then my initial reaction was I thought that this song um, was about feeling shameful. If you couldn't tell from the title. <laughs> this song is about shame, guys. It's about shame. Um, but the real... Okay, again, I could not find this on, like, Genius Lyrics. Like, there was no confirmed meaning of the song. But what I did find was someone commenting and say... Um, and they said that, I agree that this song is about a relationship. But it goes beyond that. It's about being disappointed by people in general. I don't need friends. They disappoint me. I don't need them. I don't need them. I don't need it. Um, it <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, it reminds me of when my parents got divorced nine years ago. This is from someone's comment. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Your parents are 100% not divorced. <laughs> One of them is my sister. That's a fact. Um, the dad. Did <laughs> okay. Um, I was more mad at them for not being honest and making it work than I was sad when they were apart. Uh, when you reach that time of disappointment and despair, it doesn't matter who still loves you. You feel completely isolated in the world. The worst is when it's your fault and you know it's your fault and you feel that personal sense of shame and regret. So this is, uh, they said that this is such a beautiful song, and it really defined and fulfilled my early adolescent need for, um, for abject depression. Funny but true. So, this is just about feeling like crap. <laughs> and having shame. And having shame. So, the final song. Hang. Uh, this is what I was laughing about. I wrote, "Oh God, <laughs> it's what my balls do." I think you actually said that out loud, and we were—we thought that was the funniest thing. <laughs> we were laughing for probably like the majority of the song. Oh honestly. yeah. Um. um <laughs> the, there's uh, I wrote very little about this. I just wrote very somber beginning, but it's got an abrupt ending. Uh, so something mm-hmm. that. I mean, I guess I'll elaborate a little bit more because I don't got much to say about the song. Um, what we prophesized about how albums kind of end off on a eh, note, like they don't end off very well. I'm sorry if you hear my hands rubbing. Um, they just start like ringing out this, like crickets when they rub their legs. <laughs> <laughs> this album somewhat did that. The last three songs, uh, I don't have as much of a positive vibe about as I do most of the rest of the album. Yeah, but um, it didn't blow chunks. Yeah, that's what I was about to get at. <laughs> like, they just weren't horrible. Like, that's so we much better than everything. This is the best album we've Oh, 110 million percent. Well, this is the best yeah. album we've listened to so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did kind of falter a little bit at the end, but not nearly as bad as they could have, dude. Yeah. Um, I said that this one was, yeah, slow start, um, but it was kind of a, it was a solid end to the album. Despite the fact that it was a little bit worse. (laughs) Um, I said acoustic start, it builds up, sad. Lots of people have emotional attachments to the song, which is what I found, like, through their comments. Why do you keep grabbing the mic like that? He's full of, like, just palming the microphone, if you can't hear that. Michael Jordan. <laughs> that one in the headphones. Okay, um, but Rob Thomas said, 
himself that he wrote the song for a girl he liked and all his friends liked, but she was dating a a booty hole. And um, the song means that if we can't date, then we can just like we can just like hang. We can just oh, hang. Oh yeah, out. I do remember that. And that's why it's called hang. What my balls do. Anyways, um, I confirmed good album through and through, start to finish, first one that we've come across. Dude. Right. Uh, grand scheme of things. Oh wait, you got something to say? One last thing. This is the first album that we didn't have to like take a break for, and we didn't just like talk through songs. Yeah, that that is true. <laughs> All this of the, the other ones, one. you're like, okay, like no. I need a break. This. I need to go watch some videos. I need to. Like, I need to. Yeah. Um, but this album, this album, this album did well. Matchbox Twenty did well. Mm-hmm. Uh, grand scheme of things, where are you putting it? I would say like. Okay, okay, wait. I have to think about how the list goes, because number one... I would say, like, mid-lower 30s. hmm Yeah. For me, uh, I kind of... I really like 90s music. Or, I like a lot of 90s music. Because yeah. I know that Creed was 90s, but they're going to be near they the bottom. Uh, yeah, they don't, <laughs> they don't count. count. I banished them. They're exiled. Um, this, for me, is going to be, like, low... Or, I guess... Ah, we do this every podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh High thirties, low twenties okay, for so me. You're putting it up um, there. Yeah, I'm putting it a little you're bit. You're putting ahead it up you. there. I really enjoyed this. Matchbox Twenty. You did well. There's uh, like three or four songs that I thought were a little eh, uh, to not so great. But most everything on this album, yeah. it's pretty spot on. They and when they horrible. and when they hit, they hit. So also, I meant to say this earlier, but like when you were talking about how you thought the uh, the bassist was the guy on the cover. Yeah. I was thinking, like, yeah, the only way it could be him, though, because, like, looking at him now, he would have, like, done Weight Watchers or something. Oh, for sure. P90X? P90... P90X sponsors. Hip-hop abs. <laughs> Water aerobics. Richard Simmons, like, Jazzercise or whatever he did. Jazzercise. Oh, man. Richard's. All right, before we, before we start going on a tangent, I'm going to just send us out of here. <laughs> Cut it so, off. So, um... <laughs> This has been the Diamond Mind Podcast with Nate and Laney. Uh, next week, we're going to be coming at you with Celine Dion. Let's talk about love. Again? Celine again? Yep. Okay, well, bye, guys.